everybody, welcome to the Collective Podcast. This is going to be episode 25. Um, we're lucky to have a friend of mine that I worked on uh, Ender's Game with. I met him out in New Orleans, and I've seen his work and been aware of him for quite some time prior to that. Um, uh, his name's Robert Simons. Uh, he's worked on many projects, and he's working on some stuff right now that we can't really talk too much about, but... Um, he, uh, like I mentioned before, we worked on Ender's Game together. He and his, uh, and, a, and a team of his friends and people and collaborators, they just got um, their Kickstarter funded. How long ago was that for Momentum? Uh, we got funded about five or six months ago now. Okay, yeah, five or six months ago. Time flies, man. Felt like it was pretty yeah. recent, but you guys have put a ton of work into that. So we're going to talk a bit about their their journey with that, their success with that, and where they're at now with it, and um, kind of just, you know, his passion for those things. Um, he also worked on The Thing, and um, he comes from Art Center, and he's he's uh, learned under Scott Robertson, right? Yep, yep, learned under Scott. And what was your major through um, Art Center? Um, I was going through Art Center for uh, entertainment design, and actually, um, when I first applied for Art Center, I was going for trans, because uh, I had studied for three years prior in like Art Center Saturday High, which was meant for like uh, high school students. Yeah. And I was purely doing trans for about three years to that. And then I found out that you could work on movies for a living, and that blew my mind. And yeah, because I... obviously you're a fan of film, right? So, yep. <laughs> That's good. So, but, uh, yeah, so the department came up right when I was applying, and so I switched everything over to the uh, entertainment department. That's awesome. Kind of like George Hull did the same thing, kind of similar. Oh, yeah? It's, it's, yeah, it's like instead of like, what, why why stick to this when I could create a world, you know? Like, why create a car when I can create a world? Which I see there's total t- challenges to both, you know? <laughs> it just depends no, on like what your interest is in, you know? So. Yeah, I mean, ever since I was a kid, that's always what my passion was was creating worlds but you know it's weird like you watch movies but for some reason when i was a kid i never really thought it was a job for some reason good movies like, then. <laughs> they fooled <yeah>. you <laughs> so i don't know I, I just didn't think there was a job for illustration in movies when i was younger mm. and then as i you know got older towards the point of going uh you know in high school and stuff when i was looking around I started finding out more about the entertainment industry and video games, and then I found out you could do it for movies. Yeah, like, it's crazy business, huh? Yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> you Do you enjoy your... Um, I mean, how many years have you had in the industry so far? Uh, I mean, I'm still a baby and all this stuff, yeah. but I've been doing it for about five years now. Um, pretty much right when I started school, I also started working at the same time, and okay. uh, I've never stopped working uh, ever since. <laughs> Start school. You have an so. insane hard work ethic as well. Um, I don't know if you listened to Scott's one as well. I think you mentioned that, and you said that you had, you guys had some similarities. Um, perhaps that's why you guys probably connected. Um, I imagine because you guys are friends, right? Are you? Guys yeah, at least we like are. Keep in touch. Uh, yeah, we still keep in touch. I mean, uh, one of the films I was just working on, uh, he was on there for a bit, and we were talking, but. Um, uh, yeah, we have a lot of similarities in the sense that we don't stop working. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, I just, can you explain your day today? Because I know that you're—you don't have to say the details, but you're kind yeah. of—you're a bit like myself, where it's like there's really no breaks. <laughs> and, um, I mean, typically, uh, 
you know, I wake up at like seven or whatever and I head off to work, work on whatever film I'm on to do concepts for. But then usually I get home at about eight and maybe I give myself like an hour break. Um, and then because of the short film that me and uh, my two other co-creators, Peggy Chung and Mark Ng, that both came from Art Center too, um, at night, all three of us, we either answer emails from 3D people we have on our projects or like right now while we're talking, I'm working on a matte painting for Momentum. Cool. So, and so then uh, you, you do that until like what time? It varies. Um, I work until I'm going to be too exhausted maybe. <laughs> Usually <laughs> yeah. I work until like about 12 or 1 a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, so I give myself about three to four hours of uh, work time when I get home. Yeah. But you have to do that, huh, to get your own stuff done. Do you think if you didn't put the time into your own projects, how it would take you a lot longer, right, to get to where you want to go? Which is, it seems like yeah. you want to tell more stories or you want to do closer to your own production design kind of stuff. Well, yeah. I mean, it's weird. When, when I started going through Arts Center, I thought all I ever wanted to do was concept painting. Uh, I'm just like, yeah, that's that'd be the best thing ever to do. Of course. And <laughs> Which way? And yeah, I mean, it's I still love doing it. But as I started to get older, I actually got burnt out in Art Center because I also wasn't giving myself a break. I was also doing jobs, too, because I didn't want to pass up any opportunities. Yeah. Um, and because of that, by the time I got through my sixth term, because there's usually about eight terms at Art Center, yeah. I was pretty fried. And <laughs> I'll do really that. Great... That place is crazy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but... A really great opportunity came up though at that same time um which was to work on the thing yeah my sixth term uh with uh sean howard and uh, uh i took it um which was insane because i had a full term at school still and then i had to work there full time <laughs> on that job it's so crazy dude i mean can you get, kind of explain it to people that don't know what, what you're talking about because sure yeah. yeah because that's really out of control like just the thought of that um because the amount of hours i mean that's what our center does um from my understanding of all my friends that go there is it they make you draw not that they don't make you it's just like it's 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 a place where you go and it's incredibly intense and you go there to get super good and they just run you through the ringer so that you get good you know and not everybody leaves there super accomplished um i've seen students that leave there and don't really get any job um depends yeah. on their focus and their study but um for you the idea that you go in there and then you you're working you know <laughs> and then you go and you go to school there and you have a full that's like it's really like there's not there's only so many hours in the day and it's like you're cheating it somehow <laughs> yeah. well it really felt during that time that i was cheating it yeah um but something happened then that actually changed my perspective of life quite a bit. Because during that whole time, I uh, uh, I was only focused on trying to get a career in concept art. Mm. Um, and my dad was a huge proponent of it, too, because my, my dad uh, was really big into films. And I grew up watching films with him. So both of us really loved... talk about him and the films that you guys watched, too, when, after the thing. But sorry, I wanted to just make sure we that's important sure. part of all this so but go ahead yeah um no i mean uh you know a lot of that is about to I, a lot of stuff with my dad um 
like, like when I got onto the thing, basically, um, a few weeks after I got onto that project, uh, you know, me and my dad were talking, he was really excited that I got onto that project, but it was pretty sporadic, but he actually uh, passed away about three years, or I mean, uh, three, three years, three weeks after I got onto the project. Oh man, I'm so sorry to hear that. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, uh, it changed my view of, uh, of everything I did after he passed away. Of course. Uh, because oh, you, sorry, you don't ahead. have to talk about this stuff too if it's too personal so no no it's okay um it's it's stuff i mentioned on my site and everything too because i feel like it's important to talk about uh for a lot of people to hear too because sure it changed my perspective on how i see concept art or how i see things sure um because it was only uh, one of the reasons why i was doing concept art um wasn't just for myself too but it was because me and my dad both loved films and so he you know he always helped me and he always supported me and in, in working in film um, and and uh, I didn't really know it until after he passed away but after he passed away I I, uh, I didn't know what to do with myself anymore mm. um, because I I feel like I lost a lot of my uh, it's actually you know I was listening to David's yeah. uh, interview earlier and it's very really similar. similar it's very similar what he went through um, I actually uh, lost my muse basically for a good year um, I didn't know what to do and I kept getting job offers, but I just kind of was blowing through them because I just didn't know what to do anymore yeah. um, after he passed away and I was really close to my dad too. So it made made it even harder uh, throughout that year. And I started, you know, thinking about it for a while too and, and Peggy helped me through all this. And the only thing that got me back into art again or got me back into concept art got me back into this sort of world of doing what we do is actually creating stories again yeah. and i hadn't done that in a really long time because there's no time for that in art center and i was actually me and my dad used to come up with stories together and so i was actually going back to stories that me and him had developed and me and him had developed a lot of stories when i was a kid they were like children's stories and i was just you know looking through what he had done and it really helped me that it, it's weird but i found i feel like i found myself after he passed away it's mm, an interesting uh, way to look at it yeah that happens yeah. a lot after death too yeah yeah it's it's really uh it's fascinating and horrible all at the same time yeah yeah it's a, there's a beauty to it yeah there's a there's this assurance that like there's there's a guarantee in this world and a lot of the times i think that you know, I get caught up in it. Everything, everybody's guilty of it. Where you think that everything's going to be the way it is, um, because your brain, either you're too busy to like concept, like comprehend the actual facts of life. But when like life shifts and, and shows you like how fragile everything is, yeah. you're instantly awakened by the idea that like, yeah, you're just a visitor here, and you're and it's and it's so, uh, you know. It, it, it can end so instantly, you know, so so quickly. It, it's, yeah, I mean, that's exactly it. Uh, yeah, that's There's that's a beauty exactly to it, though, yeah? You know, it's like there's this beauty, an unfortunate beauty. But, I mean, it, dude, I mean, I appreciate it. I, 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 uh, I had spoke to Zach. Zach is a, is, a, is a mutual friend of ours, Zach Vanitz, who he's worked on uh, – Ender's game with us, and he's a great guy and super funny. And he was, yes. <laughs> he uh, was telling me about your project, and he was saying like he kind of gave me a little rundown, like because he got to know you more than I did. Because when I came out to 
New Orleans to work on Ender's Game, um, I would just pass by and say hi to you and, and shoot the shit and tell some jokes and we'd have a good couple laughs and stuff. <laughs> but I wasn't yeah. there for very long, whereas you and Zach were, and, and he was telling me like, you know how important your dad was to your role because he would he said that he, your dad would take you out to like um, parts place like uh, engineering parts places and you would just draw like the well, parts and stuff. My dad was actually a construction worker. Okay. Um, he uh, he basically uh, he w- he worked at Edison a lot when he was uh, younger, and then he became a job site manager and did a lot of electrical work. And so I grew up on job sites with him when I was a kid. And so I always like <laughs> he always had like all these random parts of like pipes and stuff. And so I would build like random fake like lightsaber toys <laughs> as a kid. <laughs> Yeah. And then I would also draw like all the, the machine parts and stuff I saw. So it, it really helped me in like what it is that I like now, which is I love mechanical stuff. Yeah, same for me. My dad is the same. And I love being around that thing. So like I, there's a part of me that would, if I didn't do art, I'd probably be building cars or something because yeah. I, I just <laughs> love cars so much. And I love, um, I love, there's a, there's a, this honest thing that you get when you create something with your hands, you know? And it, I don't know what it is. I think it's a, a sense of like time and seeing time, like vi- like seeing it uh, manifest itself in a product or like an accomplishment. Yeah. And cars are just you know it's just like that thing. Uh, just, <laughs> there's you get so much out of them. There's you know it's it's a simple thing. It's like yeah, it's just a thing that moves your physical body around. But like who wouldn't thought that them the amount of facets you know? So that's cool to hear that. And then also another thing that I thought was funny that we've talked about a couple of times um, and then we might have forgot and then we talked about it again is uh, dyslexia <laughs> because I, had, I I was actually diagnosed with it when I was a child as well. Yeah. Um, and I had a lot of lear- learning disabilities. Um, and so it's funny because when we talk about things, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. And when we'll, we'll joke around and like, dude, I have uh, similar issues. For those that are listening that don't know what dyslexia is, you can probably look it up. Or I'll post a link to it, but it's like a it's like a condition, and I'm not sure if I have this completely right, but it's a condition where you see things differently. So like if somebody would see the word car, I would see it upside down and right side up, or some like upside down and like reversed kind of. Yeah. So I would see R A C. So I would see like two or three versions of that, and perhaps um, for guys like you and I who are able to work with it, like it might give us like an interesting edge of how we view the world. Yeah, but... I've always I've always been convinced of that. Um, I mean, for myself, I never um, I never actually saw the words backwards. Uh, my teachers always told me I did, but I I don't remember seeing the backwards mm. when I was growing up. Okay, I I just couldn't remember the words. That was my <laughs> biggest issue. <laughs> like they would be like spell cat. I'm like T A C. Like, like that's backwards, but I would never remember how to spell it. Like mm. the, the way I would spell it would be spelled out of other words or like completely random things that wouldn't make any sense. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think we have something similar to it. And for a while there, I just thought I was a lazy idiot, but, it is. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, but it's, it's, um, it's interesting though, you know, like, um, the, the. I mean, I'm 30 years old now, and I still have problems, like, spelling basic words, you know? Like, um, I can't, like, it's it's funny, and it takes a ton of effort. And thankfully, I have, like, my wife to help me with that, because she's super brilliant with that spelling and <laughs> grammar and stuff. And I imagine you must have somebody that helps you as well, so. Yep, but the, 
Okay, Peggy does. Okay, luckily, you know, <laughs> yeah, we're only we're we're just as good as them helping us out, which is important, you know. So, but I think that's really interesting that you have a similar thing because it's not really common from what I've understood. Like, I haven't really met anybody else. I mean, I met a couple maybe throughout like just friends and just meeting different people or people that had it that didn't realize they had it. Yeah. But um, it's an interesting thing, especially for creative types. You know, are you left-handed or right-handed? Uh, I'm right-handed. Okay, so I'm left-handed, and sometimes oh, there's, you are. <clears throat> yeah, there's that combination of like, you know, left-handed and dyslexia, that leads to these things. I'm not a big believer in talent, but I do believe yeah. there's like there's certain components that make a certain experience for a certain person differently than others, you know. So, which is you know the amount of spatial mind that you use and the resources that you you know. Um, manifest or you control to make things happen you know i think that people are just we're, ge we're geared differently you know so yeah, yeah exactly i mean i think one of the reasons why i drew so much too when i was growing up as a kid because you know a lot of other kids would write down stories or things like that but i really couldn't write anything down mm. so i would just draw everything that i was thinking oh, okay. uh, instead so wow. like you know if i was thinking up of a world or whatever i'd start drawing all the objects from that world that i was thinking Wow. So at our center, you felt pretty natural at it then. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, you know, it, it felt good. Um, it, it was the first time in my life, I think, uh, where I felt like I was at a place that I was meant to be at. Mm. Um, because a lot of the other like schools and stuff I went to growing up, you know, I never really fit in because I couldn't keep up with um, either writing or reading or whatever it was they had going on. Yeah. in school yeah. so my dad had to homeschool me oh, that's as right. i was growing yeah. up it's yeah like saying that how, how what years did i mean what grades was that that your dad was doing that uh i was homeschooled after uh elementary school oh wow damn you're so your dad so, homeschooled you from then huh yeah so wow, what an awesome guy man it's awesome yeah it was it was a really amazing experience because i got to see the the world growing up too in a much different light than a lot of other kids did sure um at that age because i got to experience a lot of stuff like i got to see how messed up a lot of my dad's guys lives were yeah <laughs> i was like i'm not gonna do that when i get older <laughs> yeah 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 same same yeah so yeah. You, you learn faster that way you know yeah, yeah. what you don't want to be <laughs> sometimes that's the best lesson in life right like what you don't want to be who you don't want to be you know it is i get that, that was... from college <laughs> i was like i don't want to do that i don't want to be that <laughs> this is so lame i'm not doing that <laughs> yeah yeah i mean yeah i was surrounded by that a lot growing mm -hmm. up just because like i sell my dad's construction guys they just you know a lot of them just had bad lives or bad experiences and uh they just always thought the world was against them because they had done so many things that were just screwing with their lives. Yeah, sure. So sure. it was just—it was a really interesting experience, like growing up around that, you know, ever since I was a kid. Yeah. So yeah. like your dad, um, so he would run his own construction firm, kind of. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. So he would work for like, like a contractor uh, or something. Yeah, he was a contractor, so he would get like a, a job from like Pizza Hut or something like that. Sure. And then he would have to go out and actually—he uh, would get the plans from the architect. Um, or whoever designed the Pizza Hut, and then him, uh, he would do a breakdown of the supplies, and then he would, you know, get his guys together, and they would actually start building the place over a period of like six months or something. Sure, yeah, like do a full, uh, full construction site. No, it's so he'd be kind of the foreman, like in charge of everybody, making sure stuff gets done. 
yeah exactly it. yeah so it's like the smarter guy in the job <laughs> exactly <laughs> the, guy with the, the guy with the white shirt yeah yeah the coffee yeah, yeah that's, <laughs> yeah i know i understand that yeah because my dad was uh and he still is he's uh and, you know just works with his hands and it's there's like i said there's something great about that you know but it's also really challenging and taxing um for your body and your mind <clears throat> to constantly do it every day um and so i i learned he he taught me quickly that I didn't want to do that and to be cautious of like the steps that I made in life so that I wouldn't end up stuck in that because I'd be so pissed off about that you know like yeah <laughs> and definitely just learning that yeah that's a good one because it, I think it's interesting to hear your path too because it's almost like when you become when you do homeschooling um, and depending on your situation you kind of grow up faster because you're not you're not in the typical like um, cookie cutter um, yeah. set up that everybody else has yeah you grow faster but you also grow pretty awkward <laughs> yeah yeah differently yeah yeah differently yeah because you're like oh you like you don't like do this yeah you're just yeah, different, exactly. different rhythms of life and, and your patterns and your habits and stuff so do you feel that um i mean the cool thing i want to talk about too is that so you were going through high school or you're at with your dad um being homeschooled at, during your high school years and then he was dropping you off at our center on the weekends yeah, so it's fucking um, awesome. So yeah, cool. I was I was taught through him by, by him all through high school, and then on weekends I'd pretty much spend my weekends in Pasadena because I lived in Riverside. Okay. Uh, so we were commuting about two to three hours every weekend. Wow. Um, and then he would just stay in the area because you know his jobs weren't going on the weekend, and I would just stay in art center that entire day or whatever. Yeah. And the classes I was enrolled in. Um, were pretty intense. I had this teacher, his name's Tony Yao, um, one of the best teachers I ever had during Saturday High, and I learned the most during that time too, but he was brutal and pretty intense. <laughs> That's awesome. Most of uh, the best teachers usually are. Yeah, exactly. Crazy, and yeah. He taught us the level that even Art Center wasn't really teaching at the time. Mm -hmm. um, it was just, it was more of like what the college students should have been doing, but even a lot of the college students weren't pushing themselves that hard. Okay. Um, I mean, there was one term where we actually, uh, he had us build an entire vehicle out of PVC pipe and uh, uh, foam core, and then we had to color them in the end, paint them. And then you had to be able to actually sit inside of it and like control some mechanisms and stuff like that. Wow. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, what an interesting <laughs> experience. Yeah. People think that a lot of that stuff, what you guys would be doing there is just like consists of like lots of drawing and hours of drawing. It, it is that, but it, there's also much more to that too just to get a full foundation of like the experience you know yeah i mean there's a lot of building that goes on a lot of a lot of figuring out how things work too like breaking stuff and figuring out how to actually make it physically work in the end yeah which is super important i think you know um because like if you don't have an understanding of how things are built then you don't really understand like how to design it right so it's like you know one foot in front of the other so it's a, it's a smart way of looking at it and i just i really i'm taken aback by it, like how awesome your dad was that's a really cool man not you know it's really rare for a man to do such a thing you know like to step up and take care and and put that much love into it so it's just really great to hear you know so it's cool and then what's cool that i can tell is that you're you found yourself again but then you're living for him you know like i don't know if that's how no, you experienced it you know no it's it's true i mean i I had a series of dreams. It was really strange, but after my dad passed away, I had a series of dreams for about a year, a year and a half after, 
that were all him. But it was it was strange because I feel like that was part of my evolution to do what it is I'm doing now, and that's create my own films and be a filmmaker instead of a concept artist sure. to be able to tell stories. Yeah, it, uh, it was really it was a really trippy time, very strange. Yeah, yeah, but it's like you know, through the darkness comes light, and you know all those sayings and stuff. It's like, and it just depends on how, like how much you want these sayings, or how hard you're willing to push for these you know types of situations and stuff. So, yeah, you know, yeah, I lost uh, I lost my best friend when I was like 22, I think, and then it was, and my oh. my grandpa passed away, <clears throat> like I think within the same month. Then my car got stolen the same day my grandpa like funeral. <clears throat> oh my god! Yeah, it was really shitty. Um, I mean, more f- more so, of course, you know, the passing of like my close friends. But through the, all that pain, it was just like, <clears throat> you know, you can only go up, you know. And realizing that, and then it was like, okay, now it's time to like really step things up. And you know, they didn't get to see me fully blossom, so I have to really push for it. You know, so every big accomplish I ma- accomplishment I make, I, I feel like it's some checking off a list for them almost. You know, so whatever I, I, whatever we get our meanings from. I mean, you're a really hard worker as well. There's there it comes from somewhere. You know, like it doesn't just like come from nothing. You know, like there's a yeah. reason why we work so hard, whether it's insecurity or it's you know fighting back like you know our trying to live up to like what other people expect of us and stuff you know it's all different um but <clears throat> i don't know for me it was that's what it was and so it's interesting to hear other people's takes and stuff on these experiences do, do you feel that that's kind of connection for you as well yeah i mean it, you brought up something interesting there and that's you know before my dad passed away i was always extremely insecure about everything i did mm. Um, you know, I was the typical like insecure illustrator or artist. Yeah. I was just really afraid of everything that I did. And after he passed away during that time when I was trying to find myself again, I, I just realized I didn't care anymore what people thought about my work. I, I was happy with what I did. Like I, I'm really happy now with my quality of work, what I can do. And, and it just didn't feel like that was enough anymore. Like I wanted to start focusing on doing what I always wanted to do, and that was filmmaking. Mm. Um, it, it, it's strange, but I feel like I, I, I yeah, I found more. Um, I became less insecure after his passing, but I think that's more because I was so wounded during that time. Sure. And I just had to, to find everything again. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot. It's a lot to, to do. Sorry, I didn't know if you, I didn't, I hope you didn't. I was, I like, you know, usually when we talk, we talk a lot like poop jokes and like jokes. <laughs> And you're probably, you're probably like, damn, you know, like get deep on this <laughs> conversation. Black hole. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right into the black hole. But I think that there's, there's a real beauty to it, you know, and like the beauty of success, you know, like we can talk about like Ender's Game, you know, because we're going from that whole dark realm of, you know, on the thing, and then you know now we're into, um, Ender's Game, and I'd love to know like you know how you got introduced and on the project and. Um, you know, did you get linked up with, with Ben or did you meet Sean or did you, did you know somebody like, how did that all come about? Like for people that are interested and, and fans of your work, like, you know, let's hear like, you know, your journey on that. Cause that'd be cool to sure. know. Yeah. Um, actually everything, everything that got me into the film world started with Ben. That's uh, awesome. Ben's a great guy. Uh, We're talking about Ben Proctor. 
Ben is he's amazing. He's such a great guy. Yeah. Um, I uh, I met him back. Well, actually, I didn't even meet him. Back in 2009, I was doing an internship, uh, my first internship at a studio called Blindwink, which was Gore Verbinski's company uh, back in the day. I think it still is. Um, but they had a video game department. That's what I was working in. Oh, that's right. Interned... Yeah, the, that's the guy that did um, Rango, right? Yeah, he did Rango and Pirates of the Caribbean and yeah, uh, all those films. They worked with uh, him a lot, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this this is how it happened. That was. I interned for uh, their game studio, and then after I left, uh, Ben came on to do another game for them, and he saw my work on the wall. And I got this random call one day from my art director there. I haven't talked to him in like a couple of months. And he was like, hey, dude, I think I got you a job on uh, Transformers 3, I think <laughs> is what they were working on at the time. And, you know, I was like fucking 19 at the time. Yeah. So I was like having a mental orgasm boner and jams out. yeah, so, yeah <laughs> I, was, I didn't know what to do and That's then awesome. i got i got a call like and a few minutes later from ben proctor saying that he was uh that he liked my stuff and that he was gonna submit it um to transformers and then um any case that fell through in the end i don't remember why but i just kept talking to him uh throughout schooling and I kept emailing Ben all my work, like I would show him robots I'm doing, or just like, you know, keep up to date with him. Sure. And um, he was just a really great guy. And so he would, it was weird. It was it was almost like he mentored me while I was going through school without mentoring me. Sure. Because yeah. I would just show him stuff I'm doing. He would just, you know, tell me if he liked it or not and stuff like that. And then uh, in 2011, uh, he emailed me about the thing and hooked me up with Sean. And uh, just said, hey, you know, I also sent a couple other guys' resumes in, but if you're interested, uh, email Sean back. So I, like, instantly emailed Sean back. That's awesome. Uh, Jump on that. Sean from Ender's Game, right? Yeah, Sean Howard, the production designer. Yeah, he's he's really rad, too. He's been around and done so many projects, it's crazy. At the premiere, I was talking to him about, like, when he was working with uh, Francis Ford Coppola on Dracula, and then he's worked on like one of my favorite sci-fi, Solaris, and just like it's like, damn, dude, you've, he's been around and done a lot of really cool things. It's really, it's really cool to kind of pick his mind. I can't wait to try and get him on the podcast. I think he's a bit, he's a bit shy to do it, but um, yeah, he would be awesome if you can get him on though. Yeah, just his experience, all in all, just like his his. Uh, yeah, just I mean, working with Coppola, just what a crazy experience that must be. I mean, that dude yeah. made, made some of my favorite films. You know, like Godfather is like it's one of the best for what it is, you know, and what it could have been. And like you know, it's just it wasn't really thought of to be that kind of a masterpiece film. And you know, so I don't know. It's cool. It's just cool to when you meet guys like Ben and, and Sean who've been around and done things and worked on projects with directors of films that we've grown up on you know staples like you know like ben's worked on avatar with james cameron and stuff it's just (laughs) you know it's like these are um powerful figures in the film industry and it's cool to know like the ingredients that goes within that package which is these guys you know so that's really cool so you 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 put a little stint on it it was a small stint or a pretty long stint on um the thing uh, the thing was actually only four weeks in the end. Okay, cool. Um, and then that finished up, and I kept talking to Sean for a bit after that. And then about six months later, I got another call from them, and uh, they told me they both got Ender's Game, and they wanted to get me on. That's great. 
and uh, I was super excited, but then I didn't hear anything for like two months after that. I was like, <laughs> shit, yeah. I guess it fell through. Mm. <laughs> Isn't that and the then, gamble, huh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I turned down a couple of jobs too, so I was like, fuck, I guess I gotta start like going back to games mm. or whatever. And then uh, I got a random call again from them. They're like, can you start Monday? <laughs> I was like, That's how sure. it is, yeah. <laughs> I'll be there. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's a gypsy world. It's like a weird it carnival really gypsy is. world, yeah. It's a rough one too, don't you think? It can be really rough if you're not ready for it. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, I was really lucky, really, really lucky that Sean and Ben were such nice guys. Yeah. Um, because a lot of the projects I've worked on since, I've had to get used to the typical Hollywood world mm. that you always hear about. Um, yeah, what's that to you? Because I've experienced it too. <laughs> you know, dealing with personalities that are really extreme and, you know, even if you've designed something that everybody else think is great, to them it's dog shit, yeah. you know. It's, <laughs> and then, you know, you've reached your limit, but they're asking for more and you just can't go anymore. Mm. Uh, and I've, I've gotten that a couple of times since then. And it's gotten better, but I've learned, you know, for a while I was thinking it was me, but then after a while I learned it was the projects I was working on. Because yeah. some of the other projects I've worked on have been exactly like Ender's Game. But some of the others have been super, super stressful. And it's just been a new game for me, at least, like learning how to deal with those pressures. Yeah, that's the key, right? And then keeping that energy going. Because, like, you know, for Ender's Game, what was your, what was your stay on Ender's Game? Uh, I was on it for nine months in the end. Oh, it's so long, dude. It was it was a long haul. I mean, I, was, I, uh, I jumped on it in October of 2011 mm -hmm. and then went all the way until uh uh may i think no march i went till march and then i did work off and on for them from home after that uh awesome. for the project it was but, cool uh, being out in new orleans huh like all the sets and stuff seeing it all being built oh dude that was so much fun i like it's so trippy to like design something and then you just walk a couple of feet down the stairs and you're the thing you were just drawing is now this entire set that you're standing inside so of. Crazy, yeah. That I couldn't get over that. Like me, I was, me either. <laughs> it was it was crazy. It was crazy seeing the drawings that you guys were doing, and all this stuff happening. And it was the first film I had ever been on, really. Yeah. And it was just like, whoa! Like this is crazy. Like there's so much, um, <laughs> there's so much madness happening here. And and really, um, kudos to everybody that was part of Ben's team and, and Ben and Sean for taking the risk on kind of like just noobs like ourselves, you know, like that's cool. It's something to be uh, remembered. So, you know, when we... It's crazy. There yeah. were, you know, there were a lot of noobs on that project. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it was it was a challenging project, you know. It wasn't easy. Um, there was a lot of work and a lot of hard work that went into it. And it's, a, it's an incredibly hard film to make, I think, personally. Um, yeah almost impossible to make in certain aspects just because of the constraints of what film can offer from my opinion um but i mean you have children actors which is super hard and then you have zero g which is like you know near impossible and they yeah. thought they pulled it off the zero g i thought they pulled it off really well <clears throat> it was cool seeing all the actors doing all the bungee jumping like uh the, oh, that stuff was amazing. It's so me. cool, yeah. The seeing the stunt guys doing all the coordinations with like Asa and all the students and doing all the zero G testing. There was only a couple moments in the film where I was like, ah, but at the most, for the most part, it was like that's really good. Like, even if it was CG, it was it was well put together. Like, 
because because space is so unknown for us here on earth because we're so used to gravity it's like breathing you know so yeah to convey that to the audience and then to you know make that work but the iconic moments in that film that no other film can have is you know the battle space um you know where they're 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 at space school or whatever and they're fighting with the lasers and stuff like that like those that's like pinnacle ender's game which is which is rad that was like that's the thing that really hooked me into the job too they had showed me at digital domain i don't know if they showed you that same thing but it was like kind of the teaser thing oh, to get everybody you know like it hook line sinkers you you're just like oh this is gonna be epic you know it's just my the first day i stepped onto the film sean was like follow me follow me into my office I went all right so i go on there he's like just just sit down like, okay <laughs> and then he starts playing this thing i'm like what what the fuck is this yeah and then like it finishes and i'm just like practically in tears it was so beautiful yeah it was incredibly <laughs> beautiful i mean because these these are the, the the same guys that brought us tron and, and tron is just this beautiful film um so striking and it had these similar like keys and cues to it and it was just like oh fuck it was definitely like the money shot and for me and being in the theater and being like there and watching it all complete and together i mean that's those were the only parts i really like just was like oh yeah this is ender's game you know like this is, <laughs> this is the pinnacle of like this is the whole thing all together so it was yeah. really cool to see that and it was actually really crazy to see the whole production and meet the people and and also like it's so hard to film that because of like all the students and and the kids they they don't work normal hours as as uh as adults there's labor laws with, with students uh not students but yeah. kids you know they, they can't work you can't work them like like you can an adult so there's just all, all these constant shifts and stuff that have to happen with the production and all the producers and everybody had to shift everything it was just crazy yeah. just so much work so much fucking work man it's just crazy but it got done and amazingly so you know even with the bankruptcy and everything it's like it's crazy so there were so many things that that could have brought that film to its knees. I'm, I'm just, I'm surprised it actually made it in the end. Yeah, like, same. Yeah. It's just, it's incredible that it actually made it through all the, the, the torture it was going through. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we felt it and saw it. So it's, I mean, it, but it is, it is good, and it's a blessing to have it all done. And yeah, yeah, man, there, there's, there's been a couple people that have asked me to talk about Ender's Game, so that's why I'm focusing on it because yeah, they want to know a bit about your involvement um i'm on your website right now and for those who are listening i'll post a link obviously to robert's work so you can see um you've done you did a lot of stuff because like you said it's about nine months cumulative of work yeah I mean, what was i mean we have like the flight the forming world um which i use that planet so many times <laughs> <laughs> i know i would always look at your boards i'm like oh that's that illustration i did Check yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i used i used that so many times yeah and then <laughs> the ships and then uh the aero space station the helmet that you helped us construct and design um ender's helmet or the battle simulation room uh not the sim room that's like the battle what do you call that the battle dome or whatever what's that thing the space station which oh the yeah the uh oh god i forgot what it's called the station room thing station uh, yeah yeah battle station <laughs> yeah uh, the battle room or no isn't it called the battle room it's a battle room yeah 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 it was fine so all right <laughs> yeah. we'll just say it <laughs> and and you and you also did stuff for earth i remember when i was there you were doing some kind of like matte painting out the window of the school or something of like the future work but it wasn't a matte painting it was like a, a like kind of a speed sketch concept of what could possibly be 
be there for the CG artist to see and kind of lay down? Is there some pinnacle like moments or things that you created that when you're sitting at the premiere watching the film, like you're like, yeah, like are happy about it or like felt the execution was to your to to your your fitting or? I mean, there was a lot that I was really happy with the way it came out, and the thing I was most proud about and really excited that it came out so well in the end of the film was uh, probably the IF transporters and just the ships overall mm. in the film, because, you know, there was a lot of people that worked on those. Ben was the one that did the original sketch for them. Yeah, that sketch and then, ripped. <laughs> Fucking yeah. Ben. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then Paul Osimo, um, he did the original, like, he, he basically took Ben's sketches and built them in 3D and refined the design from there. Mm. And then for me, I would then I took Paul's and then I did more stuff to it in 3D and I actually built the engines out for the whole ship too. Mm. And then from there, I did a super detailed painting showing all the pieces and stuff that are on the inside of the ship. So it just had so many hands on it. And, you know, that's that's just at the artist level. Then it goes to the 3D modelers and they actually have to go through and build the damn thing. Yeah, which is a ton of and work. Then, yeah. yeah, I think it took them like three or four months to build that ship because the time when I finished it, I kept doing other illustrations and I kept seeing revisions of it come in <laughs> and it just didn't end. It was just more and more and more of that thing. Constantly, yeah, coming back and back and back, yeah. The end battle sequence, a teaser alert for people that are listening that don't know Ender's Game or anything. You'll see it anyways, but yeah, the end battle sequence is crazy. I wanted more of that. I could I could have used another like hour of just that alone. <laughs> I felt that too. I was like, you know, the two they go, go through like so the, fast. Two, the two sim battles and it goes to the third one. I was like, oh wait, this is the last one. Damn, yeah. I want more of these. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, because those are like you know, it's an action film. It's a sci-fi action flick. You know, it like those are like it's like a popcorn film. You go there, you, you know, you enjoy the entertainment of being like watching something amazing occur. You know, so yeah, yeah I can you know for these kind of films, I can never get do enough with that you know like i'd always love to see more and more so but yeah i mean even the so let's look at like i'm looking at your website so like i'm looking at the space station like ender's game space station yeah and so this is i, I don't I haven't done this yet really with any of the guests but it's let's maybe let's try this with you because i think it, since it's so new in the in the and i want to expose kind of like you know your skill set and what you did and stuff and talk about it if you're cool with it sure yeah but i'm looking at like the docking arm so basically what you guys would do is pass around like an obj or like a 3d object file um well the docking arm was purely drawn in photoshop okay cool thing. and that was um, all you that was all me so ben uh ben came to me and he just said hey uh we have a close-up shot which never made it into the film in the yeah, end it's lots we have of those too yeah we have a close-up shot of the ship docking with the station. Can you design the docking mechanism and the docking station for the ship? Yeah. So then I, I drew, I, I was pretty exhausted from painting at that time too. <laughs> so I just decided to switch my whole medium over to drawing at that point. Cool. And so I was just drawing all the elements out and that was a lot of fun just to go through and detail everything. I, just, I love um, drawings like this because it just reminds me of like, looking through like Ralph McQuarrie's like Star Wars sketches and stuff and oh so yeah I just like oh I love this kind of stuff you know so it's just cool it's interesting and I and I've and I've talked to Ben about his process a bit too with like Prometheus the ship of Prometheus like refining the ship and all that stuff and if we're looking at the image down below that the the airlock so this is a combination of 3d that you would paint over in Photoshop to add the details uh if you're talking about the airlock that pops open, the hatch one, yeah, that the... one 
the AI yeah. carriers like right underneath. It's all circular. Yeah, that one uh, was all 3D in Moto, and okay. then uh, I was horrific at 3D during that period. <laughs> so I would only build it to a rough stage, and then I would just paint over it from there. Which is cool though, because you get the idea across. Do you, are yeah, you, exactly. This is all Moto then, because uh, Scott Robertson's really big into Moto. Did you? Did you? Are you into that as well? Is that the program that you? Your. Yeah, I mean, I. Choice? I love Moto because uh, I mean. Art Center taught us SketchUp, um, yeah. and then Moto is a really simple program, and a lot of the things I learned in SketchUp just translated simply into a Moto too. Okay. And so it was just really easy for me to pick it up in the end. Cool. And your learning curve on that was pretty decent because of SketchUp, like prelim kind of. Yeah, I mean, learning. I did it off and on, but then during Ender's Game, I just decided to pick it up fully. Then, so then, this was before I started uh, my own short film Momentum. So on the weekends. I would actually go home and do more Ender's Game stuff, but I, would, <laughs> I was doing it on my own time. Yeah. Um, and I was just learning 3D by doing it. That's why I was building like the ship's engines and stuff. Yeah. Because I was just trying to figure out like how I could engineer these things in 3D space. Sure. And then once you start building it, you're just like, oh, I can use this here. It's, it becomes like a Lego, I imagine. You know. Yeah. Exactly. It's like, oh, I'll just plug this into their their yeah. uh, their 3D model now. Exactly. So. And then replicate it, and then move it around, and you know, flip it and spin it, and put it into something else, and become something completely different which, yeah. is always, which is always fun yeah that's awesome man i mean that's cool because that's kind of the similar process i think that ben would do um when he was in a crunch i'm just this is what i imagine with the prometheus stuff is he would do crazy like line art drawings over like rough OB, obj's or object renders and then get those details and pass them along to somebody that's you know has more time and stuff because for a guy like Ben, it was like never any time, you know, I'd have to, I'd have to call him like at eight o'clock at night and be like, dude, what's up? You know, like, <laughs> you got any notes yeah. and, and, the uh, yeah, the guy was just, he was just working his butt off. There's just so much to be made for this film. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's so much to be done here. And also like, if we look down at like the, uh, the, the hatch bay kind of stuff with the airlock, like that mm -hmm. whole, so that whole, um, like corridor space was that that's obviously generated in 3d was that some was that you and ben yeah so ben was the one that uh did the initial image okay um and uh he did he did the entire hallway and then uh later on he gave it to me to um basically mod the hallway into a scene when ender first enters the space station yeah so, so then i took it and i i changed the whole back wall area and added the hatch and like new graphics and stuff like that throughout the whole space awesome yeah there was a that app i think did he show it to you where he had like a projection system um in his ipad and he could go stand in a certain part of the set and then move the ipad around it was like a three oh, that projection. was so cool that was awesome yeah. yeah it was cool because he could show gavin and anybody that wanted to see like okay this is what it's going to look like it's going to look pretty close to this and you know that was a that was an amazing thing. I forget the application I used, but it was just a cool trick. Yeah, and I think um, I think doesn't uh, Ben use Softimage? Um, yeah, I think he does use Softimage actually. Yeah, pretty sure he does. Which is great. It seems like Vitaly uses that too. It's like the old school badasses use that stuff. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think it's powerful. But so is Moto from what I've understood. So. I would I would really love to give myself the time to learn these things and it's I'm the only person that is you know it's I'm the only person at fault for not learning these things it's just <laughs> so much time you know it's, just, it's such a black hole too so 
but do you feel like from learning um learning the 3d and all those kind of tricks and stuff that they've probably helped you significantly right because now it's like you don't even just draw sometimes you just go straight into building the 3d object oh yeah definitely like the last few films i've worked on i've actually um i've gotten a lot better at now where i i, I know how to measure everything out and figure out the sizes for everything so i've actually built a couple of sets in my last few films and wow. then just illustrated over uh, the top of those um so it, you know I, I get all the dimensions down for the the set designer but then i can go in and just illustrate on top of it and make it look pretty and then i can give all the dimensions and a pretty image to the set designer to uh, go with from there that's nuts dude that's awesome and that's really the future of this stuff right because as you realize just as much as i did it's like uh there's people that want to be creative and there's people that want to make money yeah. <laughs> there's both of them on the set, you know, there's both of them and uh, and you encounter both of them, which is fine. It's important, right? I mean, you can't have one without the other. It's, uh, yeah. But, you know, for guys that are trying to make the money, they want to get as much as out of you as they can, and which is understandable, you know. But if you're able to nail all those things, I mean, if I was building a set, I would love to have a guy that was like, OK, you know, you're designing i say i like this this and that i give you notes you go back refine it come back and then i say that's fine go for it and then it's already kind of built out to scale yeah exactly like holy shit that saves like a huge chunk of time because there's so much that gets lost in translation as you know you know so Which yeah is awesome. exactly it just helps slim the whole process down a lot yeah you must be really proud though i mean this is a huge amount of work a huge deck of work um especially for your level in the game, basically, you know? So it must be like a really cool experience for you. Um, it's it's uh, it's pretty mind-blowing for me. Yeah, um, imagine. Because to me, I just was having fun doing this stuff in the film because it was in my, you know, I mean, now I, I purposely try to get myself out of my comfort zone, but this entire film was in my comfort zone mm. while I was working on it. And so I was just having fun with every single image I was doing in this film. That's awesome. And I was always, I was always excited coming in every day to work on stuff. Um, yeah, you can really tell. <clears throat> you can tell that you're a fan of, you know, sci-fi and machinery and engine, you know, <laughs> stuff like that because it's fun, you know? Yeah, and, I mean, you did a lot of things. It wasn't that you just did, you just did, like, concept design stuff, too. You also did, like, graphics and stuff, and then you um, also did... Um, animation animatics and stuff which is like a whole nother thing you know which is it's just like you know that's the, the level of stuff that you provide and bring is to the table is just really massive you know so it, it totally makes sense to me that you'd want to go and do um your own thing which is uh, make your own stuff and the one thing i wanted to talk about too is like how that came about for you to do you know the animatics for this as well like was that something that you proposed and they were, um, they were good for it or you know yeah i mean what happened is uh sean came to me one day and told me that there was a scene that was going to get cut out of the film and we had to show everybody that uh what the scene looked like mm. and so i did a really rough illustration showing what the sh like it, the first illustration i did was of the uh space shuttle's butt in sort of the launch bay yeah um yeah. and i did that one and then they liked it and they went off with it but then there wasn't really much for me to do the rest of that day. So I just, it, I don't know why the thought occurred to me. It just randomly happened. But I was just like, uh, doesn't Photoshop have an animation system? <laughs> so 
I started looking through it and I found, you know, the animation keys and everything. And then I, you know, the, the spaceship was done in Moto. And so this was a little archaic because I didn't know how to animate in Moto. But basically, I just took it, the model in Moto, and tilted it ever so slightly each frame and rendered out one of those frames and then kept tossing it into my illustration I did yeah. in Photoshop. And then it just, it looked like the whole thing was moving yeah. in the animatic. And then I started studying, like, you know, the fire blast and everything. I just went crazy with it that day because I just didn't have any work the rest of the day. That's awesome. And they came back and they were like, oh, the scene's going to get cut. I was like, oh, well, I did this. And I showed it to them. They're like, one second. And then they showed it to everybody and they, uh, they wound up keeping the scene in the movie. That's awesome. Yeah, and it's a total necessary thing. And I think that, you know, like without you doing that, it would have been probably just would have been scrapped. And I think there was a moment, too, when I was making user interface stuff. And then Ryan and I, my friend that did motion design on the beginning of it, we showed him like a concept of like the one hand keyboard. I don't know if you saw that. It was the like one the one hand. Hand, like it was the idea that he wouldn't use both hands. He would use like one hand. He would the way he would use it would be interesting. And so we, we showed, oh, yeah. there, was like, there was like a hand, we, like Ryan filmed himself on his iPad and then keyed everything in and showed that like, you know, this technology or this use of technology and that totally sold him on it. I wish there was more time to do those things, you know, which is cool that you found more time to do your animatics as well, which is great. Which Probably you took a lot of that and brought it to, um, you being able to do it for your own your own films and stuff and then it probably helped your kickstarter stuff as well which we should totally talk about which would be great to discuss but it's just a huge amount of work are they doing an art of book for ender's game uh supposedly it's already out um but <laughs> really? it's, it's it's one of those ones though where it's like uh it has the art in it but it also has like movie stills and everything oh yeah yeah so it's not really like it's not like yeah. the weta weta one with the district nine which is like crazy <laughs> yeah exactly i it's think it's called like ender's game the adventure continues or something like that oh, perfect <laughs> so yeah i was when i found out i was kind of like oh damn it <laughs> there goes uh, all the work <laughs> there goes all the work exactly yeah you, you, you might have like one piece in there then so yeah exactly sorry dude well at least at least you're smart enough to show it and present it properly on your site and you know like i mean it's one thing to i'm sure you learned this at um art center but it's one thing to, to be good at your craft it's another to be able to present it and sell it for people can be edible basically you know so yeah that was that was a big part of art center yeah it was, it was always your presentation like how to lay things out in a simple enough way for people to understand yeah because that's really i mean unfortunately and maybe it's due to to people like you and i feeding into this thing but you know people can only consume what you give them you know and people yeah. eat things quicker and quicker nowadays so it's up to you like how you feed them you know the information and stuff so which is which is good but you know it's it's just part of it you know so but oh man it's really cool dude like yeah congratulations for finishing it it was cool to see you at the premiere too we got to see um ender's game um a couple of days before it was really oh, that was awesome it yeah. was really cool i've never been to that theater it was the man chinese theater in la and uh, i'm not a big fan of la but that was really cool man it was, <laughs> it was a really beautiful like amazing I just loved theater. watching the uh the curtains open in front of us it took it like 20 <laughs> minutes to open the curtains <laughs> yeah man i bet i bet your girlfriend is super proud and happy for you as well right she had to oh she was she was ecstatic um peggy 
So Peggy, uh, Peggy Chung is also a concept artist, but she's, you know, my girlfriend. And uh, this, when this opportunity came up, uh, she told me instantly to take it. Um, yeah. Because the, one of the problems with Ender's game is it was going to require me to move to New Orleans for six months. Yeah, and that's a good point. Peggy has her own work out here too, so we couldn't live around each other for those six months. So uh, it was really just, thankfully for iPads existed, yeah. <laughs> we were able to talk to each other every night through uh, our iPads, at least through the FaceTime. But it was very little that we got to see each other. And you know, if it wasn't for her support, I, I probably wouldn't be able to make it through that film because it was, it was hard a couple of times. Yeah, I imagine. I remember talking to you about that because when I was out there, you're like, yeah, like, my girlfriend's back home and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, damn, dude. Yeah, it sucks, man. A lot of people, um, a lot of people, I think, um, they just think that this film industry is, just, you know, it's like this glamorous thing. It's absolutely not. It's, no. If you're doing it right, too, it's absolutely not because it's grueling work. It's really hard, long hours. Like, being on set and location is incredibly taxing. Yeah. Um, I think a director's job's probably got to be one of the hardest jobs that, of people that I've experienced. I mean, it's like what our dads do, but it's like, you know, like crazy, more complicated because <laughs> of all the moving pieces and stuff. It's just like, oh, it's ridiculous. So, but, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a challenging thing. You know, it's a challenging thing. I was just listening to a podcast on The Nerdist with Harrison Ford, actually. And they were asking him. Oh. They were asking him. I'll send you a link. I'll also post a link in the in the commentary um, for the this podcast. But they were asking him about um, would he ever direct a film, and he was like, "No. Like, why would I? It's not good money, and it's horrible like experience. You know, like." <laughs> oh my he, god! It's funny because uh, he, you know, he's he doesn't give a shit. Why would he get her? You know, like he's he's not yeah. the leading man anymore, and it's like. Um, not like it's bad it's just like he doesn't really care he can speak his mind which is great and he's always kind of been like that which is what makes him so special yeah but um i mean that was another thing did you get the chance to see him on set i saw him when i was out there that was pretty trippy (laughs) i saw him once peggy uh peggy flew out uh during one of the months and uh, we're just walking around on the sets and i was like i wonder if we're gonna get to see harrison ford today and literally right when i said that the door opened right next to me and peggy and harrison ford walked right past us and (laughs) both of us are super nerds so we just froze instantly we're like oh fuck there's harrison ford he's getting dressed watch him (laughs) (laughs) let's take his undies yeah exactly sell him on script (laughs) sell him on ebay (laughs) yeah (laughs) Now he's got a he's got a certain power, like energy too on location on set too. Uh, that's another thing. It's like I didn't want to mess with him or anybody. You know, like I was really fortunate to get a chance to work with Asa directly. And that was just crazy because I only had like 15 minutes to work with him because of how demanding God. he was of his time. You know, like how challenging it was to like book time. We would get time and we get set up and then boom, it would cancel out because he had to do a couple more takes of a shot of a shot and it's like. You know, it was it was so much back and forth, but it was really cool and smart of them to bring me out there and help with the technology. I don't know if it helped much, but it was it was interesting though for sure. No, I mean, it's really cool because you know, on screen watching his movements with the graphics and everything, yeah. it's it's like from an anime when you're watching it, which is really hard to do as a live action to teach someone to do that with an anime. You know, you can draw it out. Well, you but... can, yeah, you have power over the composition and the, and composing. Yeah. It, yeah. 
exactly but it was amazing to to watch him move with the graphics i thought it was really beautiful looking cool that's awesome well then mission accomplished it was, <laughs> it was well worth the effort and the money that those guys spent for me to come out there <laughs> yeah it's cool exactly yeah no it was a, definitely it was a really interesting experience and all in all i mean it was i'm happy for it to be done with because it was a lot of work and it was challenging and it was kind of cool that we're talking about it like from a distance now and getting the resolve from you know start to finish and being both being kind of noobs in the film industry and yeah. <laughs> and seeing all our hard work kind of put itself together you know and it's just like it's going to be funny to look back at these things and be like oh man you know fist face palm you know it's going to be yeah funny. i know <laughs> we're going to exactly. have lots of that but it's actually really cool and and um you know we just have to really be, thank you know uh sean and and Ben and everybody and even Gavin I mean you really I'm sure you got a chance to to talk and work directly with Gavin right yeah I did yeah, Gavin you... I, all those guys man like so nice they're all yeah they're all wonderful people they're smart they're talented they're nice none of them have an ego they were all just great it's Gavin Sean Ben yeah they totally could be in assholes but they yeah they didn't yeah and it just I think if for me it was just like oh I just want to like now I just want to work even harder and make your ship even cooler, you know, because like, yeah, exactly. you're cool. like, I would love to work with Gavin again. He was so great. Such nice people. Yeah. All of them. It's just a really great crew, great cast of people. So, but yeah, man, that's awesome. Well, I mean, to look at it. So, I mean, as of, as of now, as of the day that people have seen your work, Ender's Game is definitely the pinnacle of the biggest part project you've been a part of as of now, right? yeah definitely yeah, because of your involvement and how much stuff you had involved within stuff so and overall it sounds like you're really happy with it you know like with your contribution which is great so yeah you know i mean i for myself too with movies lately i i've been trying to take a <laughs> a, a simpler approach to watching films and just try to enjoy them instead of critique the hell out of them anymore sure and you know it's it's been awesome like i really enjoyed ender's game i thought it was a lot of fun cool that's you good know? man i mean that's that's key it's 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 hard for different people for different experiences to like you know not look i mean look past certain things it, it gets really taxing for me even just to like uh i'm such a fan of film and i study it so heavily so it's yeah. hard for me to really enjoy any film ever. <laughs> so see, like, I, I used to be that way, but I've been trying. Like, I still really like to study film, and and Peggy studies the hell out of films. But I, when I go into watching a movie, like especially if it's something new and in theaters, I try to let myself be dumb the first time I watch it, and maybe the second time I watch it, I'll critique it. But I just try to have fun the first time I see it instead of like trying to crush it for myself. Yeah. Right away. Well, that's good then. Yeah, that's a that's a good way to approach it, you know. Yeah, I wish I was the same. <laughs> it took oh, a while. <laughs> yeah, it, I think it's a, it's a certain level of like allowing yourself to just enjoy an experience, you know, which is which is good though. I mean, it's good that you have that. I don't know what it is for me. Maybe it's just I think a lot of times if if I'm ever like hating on something, it's usually because it's part of me that I'm not good at or something, you know. So it's a weakness within my own self, you know, so. Well, it's also not to say, too, that every movie is amazing. There there are some that are just pure bad, and you just can't. Yeah, yeah, You yeah. can't see it good. <laughs> well, also, like, um, 
you know your film your love for film changes as you change as a, as a person you know like yeah. for me it does and and the things that i once loved aren't what i love anymore you know and those things adjust and change and become something completely different which is cool you know i'm yeah. looking at your momentum stuff have you ever seen the anime um running man you no know, i have kawajiri oh you're gonna shit yourself when you watch this because it's one of my favorites um kawajiri is uh one of my favorite anime directors and he did like he directed ninja scroll and wicked city and like um vampire hunter d like blood lost and bloodlust oh my and stuff. god wow have you ever seen those uh yeah i've seen some of those yeah they're, they're my favorite but if you're gonna it's a 10 minute short like film that was part of like a three story compilation thing called neo tokyo and it's yeah. really awesome um but it's yeah, I'll just send it to you. It's one of my favorites. I probably watch it once a month because it reminds me of like where I need to go, like how far I need to go because I want to make something at that level before I die, and it's like I have to do that. And until then, I can't stop. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I'd love to do like what the Wachowskis did was like you know make an interesting story which becomes a film franchise of sorts, and then yeah, you have exactly. enough money and 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 clout basically to push it in and pay like talented people um you know from japan or something to create animation because to me i think like that's the pinnacle i think like akira and ghost in the shell and films like that are like basically masterpieces of our time and yeah i think you'll really dig it because now we're going to start talking about momentum and surprised you haven't seen it you're going to really lose your shit it's really awesome <laughs> so, so yeah it's that's really awesome, cool yeah. So yeah, let's talk a little bit. I know we only have like probably like another 20 minutes so you can get sure. some sleep, but um, let's talk about um, momentum and, you know, your whole you know journey with that. I love this whole new era of, of artists being supported by other artists or fans directly and yeah. via um, Kickstarter. I have a couple close friends that um, have like success with books like anthony jones i had him on the other day he's a good friend of mine he's awesome and it was really cool to see his his book get funded um which is awesome and i, I just love this new generation of people getting things made without like you know having to go to like you know executives and shit you know it's or like the bank or whatever yeah, yeah. <laughs> just going through this i mean because that's what happens when things become kind of stale is when um people are constantly having to go through the same feed and those people will only accept certain projects that they like and it's understandable you know yeah. you know but it's cool now that you know if people are just fans of like robot porn they can pay to support a robot porn show you know <laughs> but yeah, if people exactly. want to see fargo they can support that too you know so it's 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 gonna it's it's on the dawn of, of bigger things you know but it's really cool to see it's in it in its infant state and then see how it worked for you so how was your guys' whole approach with that? Well, um, before we did the Kickstarter, we actually had dumped a ton of money into the project ourselves. Mm. And um, right before we were going to shoot the whole thing, um, we realized we weren't going to have enough to pay for our camera and everything because we spent so much on all the props uh, throughout the whole film. So we just decided, we're like, well, maybe we should try training the Kickstarter to see if we can get the rest of this whole thing funded. Yeah. Um, and, you know, see if they would be interested in it. And the Kickstarter community had been so amazing to us when we were doing the whole project. Um, we got put on the staff picks right away when we put it up, and uh, it got put on a ton of different Kickstarter sites, That's and awesome. people started supporting it, and 
within, you know, by the time we finished our whole project, we'd gone over, I think, two or three thousand dollars of what we were asking for. Um, and that just helped us, you know, add more to our overall shoot when we were doing the whole thing. Sure. Yeah, because it costs a lot of money. That's cool, too, for you guys to take that risk. I'm doing a big personal project, too. And once you start paying out of your own pocket for this stuff, yeah, it's like <laughs> it's like shit, you know, like you go all you have to go all the way in. And sometimes we don't realize it, too. But a lot of directors, you know, even huge directors put a ton of money into their own films. Um, I think even like Peter Jackson, Peter Jackson, or even uh, I forget who it was who I heard about, but they were they had a, like they're like, oh, I want this shot, and they're like, well, it's gonna cost you a million dollars. She's like, I don't care, like that's you can take it out of my salary. I just want that shot. It's important, you know. I think no, it was uh, Del Toro. I think did that for a shot in Hellboy or something like that. But it happens a lot. I've heard that similar stuff happen with Jim Cameron. Um, and it's, but I think what what it means is is it, it holds that director accountable, yeah. And it also makes them, um, you know, more attached to it rather than just like they're they're clocking in, going, I don't really care. You're taking the risk, and I'm just gonna do it. It's like they're standing back behind what they believe in, whether it's good or bad. It's just, it is what it is. It's what they want, you know. So similar yeah, thing, I, you know. Once you believe in something like that, you just can't turn back on it. You can't just halfway believe in it. You have to go for it. Yep. You have Tire. to, especially when you put in, you know, your own investment, right? With just money and all that stuff in it. Yeah, it becomes incredibly taxing and stuff. But it sounds like, I mean, you're an incredibly positive and, and optimistic person from the times and experiences that I've had with you, which is great. Thanks, and it's, well, it's just the truth, you know, like some people are not, you know, some people <laughs> in this world are like shitheads and they're just like, you know, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, there's, <laughs> it takes many different types of people to make the world, you know, click, obviously. But it's, it's just cool. It's cool to see that. And um, do you kind of want to, I mean, sorry, I don't mean to get into it, but I want to also talk about like how much work it was for you guys to get the process through Kickstarter and how much work yeah. it was just, I mean, cause it's tons of work just to put the video together and be like, Hey, we need money. And you know, break down all the gifts and um, well, all that a lot stuff. Don't know this, but when we were originally going to do the Kickstarter, there was there was like a a month period before we were going to shoot, like a month or two period, and uh, we weren't sure completely if we wanted to do Kickstarter because we didn't, we had never done anything like that before too. We were kind of like halfway in and out of it, and uh, finally, like. I think a month before we were going to shoot, we just looked at our funds and we realized there was going to be no way that we could do this. So we were going to have to push hard. So that within, within a week, we made our Kickstarter video and we put together our whole Kickstarter um, uh, campaign within yeah. that week. It's awesome. And uh, Peggy was the one that was mainly in charge of the Kickstarter after we put it together. And for a solid month, she she just spent watching Kickstarter, like promoting it as much as possible um, to get people interested into it and bring them onto the project to see if they were interested or not. That's awesome. That's so cool, man. And so you guys are like a dynamic duel too, which is great. So, I know. There's... There's a lot that I couldn't do without her. <laughs> that's so. great, and that's good to know and acknowledge. So it's really cool, and yeah, it was nice meeting her too at the premiere as well. I mentioned having you guys both on. I don't know, maybe she's napping or something. So. <laughs> oh, she she had some work that she needed to finish up tonight, but maybe another time. Though. Sure, sure, of <laughs> course. Maybe when that comes out and we can promote it and stuff, and kind of talk yeah. about your process and stuff. That'd be good fun. 
but no that's i mean it's tons of work i can't imagine it's tons of work as well to put to just put the video together be like hey can you support me you know it's just like you know you got to get the cameras and lighting and stage it film it then edit it then cut it down then break it down then you know then maybe do reshoots and all that kind of stuff so well, the first time we did it, it was kind of creepy because for some reason we all dressed in black that day and we all we were all going to shoot it standing together talking and there's like four people it was like it was me peggy mark so all the creators and then our director and we just looked like some weird cult standing there trying to talk to people about our project <laughs> oh we can never show this to anybody <laughs> and so that entire week we spent reshooting the whole thing and re-editing to get it to look right that's awesome <laughs> that's awesome very cool man and so it's a uh, you were uh it's due to show our release um what's your guys release time and your whole like end goal with well, this i mean you guys got it funded thankfully and then you're able to get the casting together and then you know rent the car or whatever and the, and the cameras and the rigs and all that stuff and build the props and put that all together and rent the space for the green screen and stuff so um for now it's like i mean you guys have tons of work right it's yeah, I mean, uh, right now I'm doing all the matte painting stuff, and I've, I've built a large part of the 3D models myself, along with Mark, and uh, we also have um, uh, a couple other 3D modelers that are on the project that are, are helping us out too, but we're looking to partner up with a uh, VFX company uh, to see if they'd be interested in this, because this is more than just a short film. Um, we also have a feature script to go along with the short film uh, of what the full film would be. Cool. So and that's like the end goal kind of effort for it for you guys. Yeah, our our, our end goal is to have both the the short and to have the uh, script all entirely done by the middle of next year, sometime, and then by the end of next year is when we're going to start pitching it around awesome. and uh, try to get people interested in it. Very cool. That's cool, man. Yeah, it's tons of work. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's different than illustrating, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're in charge of so many different things, so many different aspects, and keeping just things that you just out of your control, trying to control them. But I think what has there's been a lesson that you've learned with this stuff. I've learned to just kind of go with it the best I can, not try to fight the forces of the world. That's that's a plan. big part of it. Yeah, yeah. Planning. Like for me, it's a big part of it too. Is just learning how to go with the flow instead of fighting it because I fought it a lot early on. Yeah, and I got really tired really fast. Yeah, uh, from doing that. Yeah, there's certain things you just can't fight. You can't fight that. Like you know, one of the actors is sick and he's not looking so good or sounding so good or you know, like <laughs> just things that you're just out of your control. Yeah, um, but exactly. You, but you just kind of, I think, you just kind of roll with it and stuff. So. What would be for you would be like a future like desirable goal or like aspiration from all this effort like what would where are you seeing this stuff take you like where would you like to go uh i mean i'm, I'm aiming personally to be a director in the next 10 years cool. um uh direct my own stuff i mean i i'm planning next year to finally direct my own thing uh first um, and that's actually uh, a film that I'm going to do that's uh, sort of based off my dad's death um, and the experiences I had after he passed away through um, dreams and uh, different things. Um, so, yeah, it's personable, but I want to I want to work it into its uh, its own story, its own world. Cool, man. Well, I mean, what better to write about than yourself? You know, 
yeah. <laughs> or things that you know yeah. about or you're intimately connected with, you know? Yeah, so, I mean, life experiences. So. Yeah, the more you have of life to give, the more interesting your depth of stories can be, you know? Yeah, Sometimes exactly. the best storytellers are the most eclectic, interesting people, you know, because they've experienced such interesting occurrences and stuff. So, and, yeah. you know, and then people that don't, you know, their stories aren't as vast and magnificent, so to speak, you know, which is interesting. So, Well, you know, I mean, that's actually a, a big... Um a big story role in momentum is that uh, life keeps moving forward and you have no choice but to go with what's given with you and you can't look back because looking back gives you nothing. Yeah. You so know, only that, keep going forward. There's that Chinese uh, saying, I think it's Chinese, sort of like a proverb or something. I'm going to totally butcher it, but I've mentioned it before <laughs> in the podcast, but it's, it's something that I, I always um, think about or I mention or I share with friends that when we talk about this kind of stuff, it's basically says like, when you live in the past like you're depressed and if you live in the future you're stressed out but if you live in the the current like the now then you're at, pre at peace with yourself wow and that's cool you're you know like you're not projecting you're not like looking back or forward you're just existing you know so yeah and it's everything within moderation right i mean it's i think it's important to um forecast certain things especially for guys like you and i that have extensive goals that take some thinking and planning and plotting you know i can't just sit here and go like i'm just going to exist and then i'm going to be a director it's like i don't know if that'll work yeah exactly <laughs> but you have to be cautious of the idea of not fighting the universe you know um, yeah you just can't you know and there's certain things that you can't necessarily do and then and think i think um working with those within those boundaries you know so and understanding you know um the strengths that come from that, you know, which is interesting, you know? Yeah. But yeah, that's one of those sayings. I love, I love quotes because usually they stick with me and then I just, I remember them when I'm dealing with some stupid bullshit and I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. It's like a, <laughs> it's like a, um, like that Hansel and Gretel with the breadcrumbs, you know, it's like, it's like, oh yeah, there's a breadcrumb, like I'm back on my, my journey, you know, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> whether it's good or bad. I'm, it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's the little breadcrumb along the way of life. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like it's taking me back there. So, you know, it's cool. It's, it's interesting too, to me to see that, um, so many of my friends and myself included, like once you get to a certain level, when you create stuff, it's like, you hit a wall with it you're like okay like i've created this stuff and it's like now it's like i want to like make my own stories and make my own stuff and it seems like it's it's maybe it's just because i'm um surrounded by a bunch of talented <laughs> people that are wanting to do that but it's like it's kind of crazy to me because it's like uh maybe it's just like a new age kind of thing where everybody wants to just make their own stuff and yeah, yeah. maybe well, it is maybe it's not i don't know I don't know, I, I just think there's a lot a lot of people that are more open, and especially, too, since there's so many mediums that are out there now. There's yeah. so many programs out there that can aid you in creating your own thing yeah. that there's there's not all these blockages anymore where you're like, oh, my God, I have to have, you know, $100,000 in order to shoot this short film. Short film. It's like, no, it's only going to cost you, you know, 20000 now yeah. or maybe even yeah. 10000 It's going to, you know, it's not even a quarter of whatever it costs. So it's it's uh it's pretty amazing what the way technology is now to to aid you in doing whatever you want. Yeah. How often do you study this stuff? Do you study guys like, you know, George Lucas and 
and Cameron and all those guys. You do you sit down uh, and study like Kubrick and stuff like their paths? I I watch a lot of behind the scenes for movies. Oh yeah, what's some of your uh, favorites? Uh, a lot of the Star Wars stuff. Grew up yeah. with that as a kid, just the behind the scenes, and then I have the Blu-ray now for it, and then. Um, have you seen that like seven or it's like it's like all the movies but it's all the commentary to all of them yeah it's that on, one it's on youtube that's a great one it's like 16 hours or something like that yeah it's, it's and then crazy. like the matrix one and the avatar one all those are just so amazing the behind the scenes for them yeah that was crazy um but uh for myself though i love to look up uh videos of um speeches that either James Cameron or like Steve Jobs or someone like that has given like true. Steve Jobs Stanford uh, speech. Is, uh, powerful. It's so true. It's so true. Like, have you listened to that one? Yeah, it's incredibly powerful. Yeah. Yeah, it's just it's true. It's like you know, looking in the mirror. If you're not doing what you're not happy with, then you're just never gonna be happy with it. You have to do what it is you're happy with. Yeah, you must find your inner self and. Yeah. Let that person go or let them out and breathe. Yeah. That's really when you start, you know, contributing to yourself and the world. You know, I think I I notice it in in great artists too. Um, It's interesting too. I always, when I grew up, I had this stigma that like I had to be like this starving artist shithead guy that was always depressed to like, (laughs) and like shame on school and the educators that made me think that because you're you fucking suck <laughs> because i was like totally misled i think that you can totally you can totally make stuff i don't know if i'll ever be happy with anything i make but it like it's like i'm okay to a certain level you know and the whole starving artist thing that's just a choice you know that's some stupid yeah, bullshit exactly. it's, it's like you know if you want to make money it's, it's dude it's not that hard you know it's like you just go fucking make money it's there's money everywhere <laughs> he's got to be smart about it and i think there was this i watched this recent steve jobs um interview which i thought was great and it was back before he was really blowing up it was a bit older and he was saying that once you realize that the world that you live within is comprised by people and their rules and then you are then you, when you start to really understand and lift the curtain to the idea that you're just as smart as them if not smarter and then you can control and make your own rules that's when you start to become like that's when you start to live basically was his viewpoint and i was like you know of course that makes total sense and it's funny that it takes a guy to do what he did to really make me aware of such a thing you know it's almost like a matrix kind of thing that's what that matrix (laughs) movie resonated with so many people on so many different levels it may combine so many things like it combined ghost in the shell and like um there's that one movie i think it's called man on a wire i think it is it's an old old sci-fi that has a lot of those kind of concepts and you know then it combines all the all these different types of religions and ideas i I can't imagine i can't count how many times i've come up with a story in my head and then it'd be like fuck it's matrix you know like yeah (laughs) they've taken that huge chunk of real estate with you know parallel worlds and stuff so um but yeah i'm ranting on here but it's it's just interesting um you know when you're living in this world being controlled by the bounds that you've set to yourself or you you just you you know either you're bound by other people's rules and stuff or you are bound by your own um whatever it is you know i think it's important just to have fun (laughs) and to do what you feel is like what makes you live you know like what you live for there's a there's a reason why we do things unfortunately money is part of it um fortunately and unfortunately but it's uh 
I don't know where I'm going with this, but it's it's just it's interesting. You know, I love sitting yeah. back and watching it. You know, and just watching people's involvement with one another and how they get things done and and, and studying and looking from afar. You know, and applying certain things here and there. Yeah. I think it's important to study. You know. I spend almost all my time listening to commentaries as well. Like I'm huge on film commentaries. You just listen to them all day. Just like yeah. director talk about how he did a film. A recent one for me was like Stand By Me, the old movie. It's like, I love that film. And there's the director's whole talk about that was really great. Like it was so cool. But you huh. know, the thing with a lot of these directors too is they just, they don't have any boundaries against themselves. They just do what they want. You yeah. just push past. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, the biggest thing I think I learned too, um, there's lots of things obviously I take along the journey, but the guy that um, I was listening to Arnold Schwarzenegger's autobiography, and yeah. the guy um, John Millet Millinus Millis I can't remember his name, but he did the Conan movies with uh, Arnold. Um, he also wrote um, ah freaking hell why can't I think of it. Uh, it's uh, Apocalypse Now. Anyways, oh, okay. he was saying that he was, he did a really cool interview with Coppola. They did like a retrospective of this whole like thing, but he wrote the script for Apocalypse Now, and and Coppola was asking him all these questions, you know, like how do you come up with this line? Like you know, like nothing like a smell of napalm in the morning. It's just like like one-liners like that. They're just like super masculine and crazy. <laughs> but he was saying that for up-and-coming directors or anybody, it's just like you know, a great director has tenacity like it's just you know you, you, it's incredible who is incredibly tenacious and to do stuff if you've never seen it you should check out the um it's the documentary behind um apocalypse now it's uh man my brain is mush it sucks i hate this <laughs> well it's getting my... pretty late <laughs> yeah well it's i mean i I'm, i got a it's like what 12 i usually stay up to like 1 2 o'clock working on some days so uh, it's okay but um <laughs> But uh, damn, what was I was gonna say, um, it's the Heart of Darkness, I think it's called, and it's um, Coppola's wife um, when they're out in Vietnam. I think I think it was Vietnam where they filmed a lot of it. Maybe not. I think maybe it's the Philippines where they filmed a bunch of Apocalypse Now. You should really look into this one because it's fucking yeah. nuts. It's it's crazy to see how far um, a director will go. He literally went insane making that film and. Um, it was his journey and his wife would watch him and it was like she was she was saying like you know it's crazy to watch somebody that you love literally go to the end of themselves you know and it's just like fucking hell man like people will sacrifice so much to make these things it's crazy you know <laughs> it's crazy you know the conviction of yeah. these things in the and uh and how things get made and as you know it's just like I think the end goal and the big thing that I take from this, and I think you see it as well, is that like no matter what you're doing, as long as you're doing like what you love to the hundred percent, like the fullest of effort, like everything will work out, you know. Yes. It always does, you know. As long as you put in a hundred percent, it's impossible for anything to come out of it. Something is gonna happen. Yeah, always. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, I think. Uh, on that amazing tip, is there anything else that you wanted to cover or talk about? Uh, no, I mean it's just it's been amazing talking to you, man. It's <laughs> yeah, we, well, we we like I said for anybody that's listening, like we've had a couple of chances to talk a little bit casually here and there, and we'll send little like you know dick joke emails back and forth because <laughs> for the most part, I usually like to joke around and be a stupid shithead. 
because <laughs> life life is a fucking comedy to me you know like students yeah. can be so stupid and ironic but i think uh you know it's cool to be able to get to know you more and and i and i i, I appreciate you being so honest and, and open about really sensitive things you know so it's cool and it just shows your maturity and your able your ability to grow and adjust and adapt and react you know so yeah yeah man i mean i, I love uh i love uh talking about these things and uh getting it out there cool so it's yeah it's been great dude awesome well yeah let's uh i'll make sure i plug in uh, momentum and your website and anything else that you want me to um, post up as well and i'll try to get some of these links at things that we talked about um but yeah man I, i'd love to see some of the stuff you were talking about that'd be just great dude. i'm gonna make sure i send you um running man right now after the podcast before you go to sleep so you can be right. like <laughs> you can shit your pants and then go take a shower <laughs> yeah, because it, yeah it's fucking amazing like literally i watch That's... it every month so no shower will clean this <laughs> <laughs> you just it's, it's all over the walls just everywhere <laughs> you become this possessed troll just like, uh... burn the house down <laughs> yeah i must move i must move <laughs> shit everywhere <laughs> is that exactly. there's a scene from a movie that has that i forget it's the dad from full house is in it it's some kid like shits all over the bathroom he freaks out it's pretty funny i can't remember what film that's from but there's an <laughs> this scene just pops in my head <laughs> I forget. I forget the details. I my brain sucks. Stupid shit brain. <laughs> I never let it rest. I guess that's the problem. Uh, yeah, it's fighting back. Yeah, yeah. I actually watched a really good TED talk the other day about uh, sleep. Oh yeah, can you send yeah. me a link? What is it about? Uh, it's just about uh, the amount of sleep you need, and it's really interesting because the guy gets into what all of us artists think, and that's you know we hate to sleep. And uh, he gets into Da Vinci and everybody, how they always talk about, you know, sleeping less and everything. And uh, he just talks about the importance of it. And it's really interesting uh, because he talks about, you know, you really do need eight to nine hours of sleep every night. It's crazy. Uh, Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because it just, it, it helps you be uh, so much more productive throughout the day. Oh, because, absolutely. Yeah. But it it's just really interesting i'll send you i'll send you the ted talk though i'd love it's, to hear it insane. i couldn't agree more um the more that i realize the older i get i mean it's not like i'm old but the more mature i get within myself to realize like because i would pull like four hour night sleeps for years i'd just do it yeah and i know you're the same way and um dude nothing feels better than like a solid eight hours of just yeah. deep <laughs> sleep and you wake up and you're just like ah like you know, I'm so happy. Just recharge. I'm not angry. <laughs> Sleep is so fucking weird, though. It's just like we all accept the idea that we close our eyes and go into this weird simulation of memories yeah. and experiences that are like, you know, outer body experiences, basically. And then we're like, we wake up and are in our physical world. It's no wonder we're such tripped out animals, dude. Like, what, <laughs> what a fucking weird curse that is to put on us. <laughs> it's, it definitely it's, is. And it's just so weird that we just accept it. Like, yeah, you just, you know, you fucking close your eyes and then, you know, you wake up later and you're like, okay. Just <laughs> out for eight hours, you know, and then you just wake up out of it. Yeah, seriously. If there was no such thing as sleep and I said, yeah, you're going to close your eyes and uh, relax and, and then you're going to go into a different portal within yeah. your own memories and, uh, yeah, you're gonna do that for eight hours, but your simulation's only gonna feel it's only gonna last for like three minutes. But the it's time difference. It's gonna be like on acid. <laughs> yeah, seriously, it's a fucking trip. I just these things. I mean, how can you not be 
curious about the world and want to make stories when you have such big and enormous holes in, in reality, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> How could you not? So, no, that's cool. I'd love to see that. I, I, mean, I love TED Talks. TED Talks are some of my favorite things as well. And just, I mean, all things in general, too. I try to post, I don't know if you do, like, if you're up on social media. I used to not be at all, and, and I started to realize how powerful it was with just sharing ideas and getting links from other people. Yeah, Because exactly. if I saw, like, a link from you on your Facebook and you said, like, oh, this is a cool TED Talk about time, I'd be like, oh, okay, I'm going to click that, watch that while I work, or save it for later. And um, But I do, I, I try to use my Twitter and Facebook only for, like, um, the podcast and, and linking art and ideas and videos and stuff, so... You know, that's a really good idea, actually, because usually I'm only trying to sell myself for the most part on Facebook. But, <laughs> like Check out this more. ass. But, <laughs> but uh, uh, that's a really great idea, though, because I watch so many TED Talks throughout the day while I'm working, and mm. I always try to tell people about them later, but I'm horrible at explaining it, so <laughs> you should just, just post start the sharing link. it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, if you have something great, I mean, please throw it to Twitter or throw it up on Facebook because like there's there's so many cool things and what I find is that if I find a really great link, I send it and then somebody that knows even more about this will go like, oh, have you like read this or have you seen that? And it just gets like compound and, and so interesting and in the day and age of the world that we live within now, it's just like exchanging ideas and, and stuff is just so powerful. Yeah. It's like, how could we not? So yeah, definitely that would be great. And um, yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to just check these things out because I love. I love knowing about new commentaries. And this is the same. The same things too. I usually repost a lot of these things, like Running Man and stuff, or you know, anime nerd shit because I'm so into that stuff. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that would be awesome. But um, yeah, and I'll also try to post up your Twitter feed and stuff as well, so people that can get out, get at you, and see what you're up to and see the progress on your on your projects and stuff so yeah yeah but man it was really great talking to you and thank you for your time and um dude yeah, yeah it was great hanging out here and talking to you too yeah dude it's super cool man <laughs> well I'm, gl <laughs> I'm glad we got a chance to do it and congratulations on your success with ender's game and also you with too man ah uh, thanks dude yeah it was a uh, it was a challenging project <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I'm 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 glad uh, I'm glad I'm glad it all finished and got done. So I am too. Yeah. I'm glad it's out of the way now. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. On to the next thing. So the next <laughs> fix. The next drug. So, <laughs> the next thing. So, but yeah, man. Well, have a great night. Get your eight hours of sleep. And oh yeah, before that, I'll send you the link to Running Man. So you, like we talked about, as planned, you shit your pants and then you move. So. Yeah, exactly. This <laughs> place down. <laughs> Hazmat suits. Radiation. <laughs> yeah, all that stuff. Awesome. Well, um, cool, man. Well, have a good night, and uh, I'll be posting this up in a week or so. Awesome. All right. I'll talk to you later, man. Okay, buddy. Have a good night. You too. Ciao. Bye. Bye.